Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. sitting here thinking about how wonderfully blessed we are to have Miss Ginger to play. Such a blessing. And you know that um, oftentimes it takes a long time for our prayers to be answered. And I was sitting with our granddaughter yesterday and we read the passage where the unjust judge was being continuously, well, I shouldn't say harassed, but bombarded by this woman. He wanted, he wanted a decision made. <laughs> and uh, the Lord said, you see how this unjust judge finally gave in? <laughs> because, you know, day and night she was, she was after him. Well, and then how that, uh, that God, our loving Heavenly Father, who is just and will answer our prayers. And for the longest time, we prayed, prayed, prayed for the Lord to provide us with a pianist. And here we have Miss Ginger. Amen. An answer to prayer. Yes, yes, indeed. And that beautiful hymn, His Eye is on the Sparrow. Right? And if His Eye is on the Sparrow, then I know He watches over you. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, Matthew chapter 9, we're going to be looking at verses 35 through 38. As we continue in our study here in the, in the book of Matthew, 
and really uh, verse 35 is a type of summary that is provided by Matthew and it's uh, similar also to uh, uh, to the fourth chapter where he, he provides a summary of of the ministry of the Lord Jesus and we read in chapter 9 beginning at verse 35 then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people and when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Laborers in God's field of harvest. Amen? This is our lesson for today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Our Father in God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we thank you. We thank you for the gift of salvation that you bestowed upon us, and that you make available to every human being. We pray, dear Lord, that as your children and as we study your holy word, that we will come to the understanding and the urgency of sharing the message of your love with a lost and dying humanity. Lord, we know that you are the God of life. For the Lord Jesus taught that you, our Father, are the God of the living and not of the dead. And you've taught us that you are not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge. That all should come to repentance. That all should come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so we pray that as we study your holy word, you be our teacher. By your Holy Spirit, illuminate our understanding, touch our hearts, and may we follow in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, and be moved with compassion deep within for lost people. Lord, we thank you again for the opportunity to participate in the shoebox ministry of Samaritan's Purse. And we thank you for the legacy of Brother Billy Graham and the faithfulness of his son and children and serving, sharing the message of your love around the world. We thank you. We ask, Father, that you speak to us now in Jesus' name and to his glory. Amen. So our first point there, the Lord Jesus ministers to people as we read. He traveled from city to city, village the village, various communities. And it's estimated that in the time in which Jesus 
conducted its earthly ministry that there were some three million people living in, in this area. So it was, it was quite uh, populated at the time. And uh, we get a picture of Jesus being a rural preacher. But he was more than just a rural preacher. He also preached in the cities. It says he went to cities and villages. So he was also a city preacher, if, if you will. And he taught in the synagogue. And you've heard me say this before. That Jesus was in church every week. His priority was to always honor his father. He didn't allow anything to, his, to distract him from that. And so Jesus taught in the synagogues. And notice that he preached the gospel of the kingdom. That is, the gospel of the kingdom of God. He was proclaiming the message that the king had arrived. And there he was in human flesh, because he, the Lord Jesus, is the king. He is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. And he was proclaiming the message, the gospel of the kingdom. And that word gospel means good news. He preached the good news of the kingdom of God. And then it says he healed people of sickness and disease. And so in the previous verses, 18 through, through uh, 34, there are various accounts of, of Jesus healing people. He raised a little girl from the dead. He healed a woman who had an issue of blood for some 12 years. And by the way, the little girl that he raised from the dead was 12 years old. He healed blind men. And so Matthew summarizes here. He went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. In his earthly ministry, Jesus healed thousands of people. Thousands. Thousands. And Jesus is still, is, is still healing people today. He heals of our diseases. But the most tragic disease is the disease of sin. And if you were to separate that word disease, dis-ease. Being a state of, or in a state of dis-ease. Sin brings tragedy into the life of the human race and every person within the human race. And he came to deliver us. Now notice what it says. It says, when he saw the multitudes, the multitudes, all of these people, he was moved with compassion for them. And the word that's, that's used in, in the Greek actually describes a feeling that is deep, deep within his innermost being. He cared for the people. And he cares for
for us. The love of God is so indescribable. We, we do a, a, a poor job of describing God's love. The, the human language is not capable of fully describing the divine love and the mercy, the compassion that God has for people. Jesus said they were weary and scattered, fatigued, overwhelmed, stressed, drifting, drifting through life. Have you ever known someone who just kind of drift, drifted through life? Maybe you were one of those people. Maybe right now in the, in the state of life that you find yourself in, in these, in these senior years, in some super senior years, you wonder, well, what purpose do I have? You have a tremendous purpose. You are important to God. These words in the Greek are also harassed and thrown down. Neglected. Have you ever felt neglected? Have you ever felt harassed? Sheep having no shepherd. What's the job of the shepherd? The shepherd is a, pro a provider, a protector. Because the sheep are vulnerable to predators like dogs, wild dogs back in those days, and wolves especially even lions and bears. We've mentioned about David when he was a young shepherd boy. How that his faith in God and his courage, how he delivered sheep from the mouths of lions and bears. Imagine. But who was Jesus referring to here? He was referring to the religious leaders of his day. They were the ones who were harassing the people. They were the ones who were throwing the people down, if you will. They were the ones who were threatening the people because instead of treating the people with compassion and mercy, they treated them with condemnation. God's people are to be people of love, <coughs> mercy, and compassion. You know when you see those little kids in that video, and you hear the stories, the number of kids who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior as a result of receiving this gift and then that uh, the world's greatest journey, I believe it's, it's called, and they learn the gospel, they learn that God loves them, and the number of them who give their hearts to the Lord and then actually become ministers of the Lord and evangelists. And they go out and they proclaim and they, and they preach the message. Fills the heart. Fills the heart with a tremendous amount of, of joy, overwhelming joy and moved with deep, deep compassion. The Lord Jesus is our provider and our protector. 
Then he turns to his disciples. And the scripture says, Then he, he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful. The harvest truly is plentiful. He's describing the condition of the mission. Jesus said that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to heal the sick. He came to call sinners to forgiveness, to righteousness, because that's all there were, and that's all there are in this world in which we live. You see, at the foot of the cross, we are all equal. Amen? We are all equal. We all need the Savior. But he says that the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now, you may be surprised to know this, that no matter the size of the church, you can have a church of 5,000 or 500 or 50 or 5. But in every church, only 20% or fewer actually support the work of the church. Stop for a moment and think that through now. Think about that. There are always exceptions, of course, to the rule. But on average, I believe on average, the average church member in America only gives about $10 on a weekly basis. You say, well, that's not, that's not true for me. <laughs> so a church has a thousand people. A thousand people and they give a thousand dollars, say. So what is that average out to per member? A dollar. So they give five thousand. What is that average out to? Five dollars, you see. They get ten thousand dollars. And what is that average out to? Ten dollars. You follow? So when they do these, they do these studies, you know, there are all these people who study statistics, et cetera, and all these different things. They say across the board, generally, on average, on average, in a church, only about 10 bucks is given per capita. But our church did a little better. <laughs> Our church did a little better. We were somewhere between 15 and 15 and 20, I think. <laughs> you say, what? That's right. About 15 to 20, that's about what we average per, per member or per attendant. Jesus says, but the laborers are few. He's talking about the ratio of laborers to the condition of the mission. 
So if you have a church of 100 people, basically between 10 and 20 people are actually engaged in the work of ministry. Most others are like the population in Las Vegas who love to go to buffets. Right? <laughs> Pay the least amount you can to get the most you can. All right? Go back two or three or four times. Well, you know, it, it's okay. It's legal. They, they allow that. That's because, of course, the casino's desire is that you'll stay. Because the longer they can keep you there, the greater the likelihood that you'll drop some of your money. The laborers are few. The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, now notice what he says, therefore, because of this, because the harvest is so great, because the need is so tremendous, and the, the number, the ratio of those who actually are involved or engaged in the mission is so few. Because of this, pray, pray. Pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest. God is the provider. He doesn't say, now go sit down and uh, work out this plan and, you know, set a, a goal of, of how many you're going to reach in this time. No, he says, pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest because he is the provider. To send out, and in the Greek it actually means to, to thrust out, or to set ablaze, and, and to thrust them out into the harvest field. And that's what we need to do. And we, as a church, we've decided that we need to have a prayer ministry. Now we all pray, and we pray on Wednesday night, and we pray each and every day. But we also need a specific prayer ministry with the intent of praying for lost people to come to know Jesus as their Savior and for Christians who are unchurched to become churched Christians. Christians attending church and growing in their faith with the Lord. The church, that word church comes from the Greek word ekklesia, similar to the Spanish word, really the same. Iglesia, okay? Getting my Greek and Spanish mixed up. Right? Iglesia in Spanish, Ecclesia in Greek. But it actually means called out ones. That's what it means, called out. The building is not the church. The people are the church. We are the, the called out ones. And, and what are we called out from? We're called out of the world, set apart, sanctified by God, filled with his Holy Spirit, and empowered with a message of God's love to go back into the world sharing that message. Not to be a part of the world, no but to take the love of God into the world so that the lost people, the harvest, you see the field of lost humanity, to reap the harvest. 
taking that message of God's love. So what do we learn here in this, in this passage? Just a little passage. Well, we learn first of all that our God is tender-hearted. And that's wonderful. When you stop to think of it. God is tender-hearted. God has a tender heart. You know, the Bible says that he weeps. You've read the verse, Jesus wept. He wept. He wept. God is tender-hearted and moved with compassion as he looks upon humanity. And we as Christians need to be honest with ourselves. We do have a tendency to look upon the lost with indignation. Sometimes with hatred. Sometimes with an unforgiving attitude. That's not how we're supposed to look at the lost. If we were to follow our Lord's example, we are to look upon the lost with compassion. And crying out like Jesus did upon the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Loving, merciful grace. And then secondly, multitudes of people are hurting, they're weary, they're scattered, searching for deliverance from a life of misery. Do you know anyone living a miserable life? This life that we live is not easy. It's not easy. It's filled with a tremendous amount of pain and misery, failure, mistakes, you name it. Sickness, disease, neglect, harassment, uh, violence, hatred. Immorality, dishonesty. The list just goes on and on, doesn't it? And it is, isn't it amazing that you can turn in the Bible and what do you discover? All of that has been going on for thousands of years. And the people in various positions want you to believe that the human race has actually become better. We've actually become more civilized, right? Civilized. Now there was, a, there was an old song, well there is an old song, and I, and I don't agree with what the song says, other than there's a lot of truth about what goes on behind closed doors. Right? You follow? You see, because behind closed doors, this young lady can let that doctor remove that little baby without anybody knowing, except the doctor and her. 
in certain states now. You know, that was a miscarriage of justice. That was a, a misuse of, of judicial <coughs> authority. And I thank the Lord for those justices who were willing to set the record straight and right. Our God is, is a God of compassion and love. And I watched a video that Miss Collette, um, I guess a, a, a DVD, right? <laughs> that showed what actually goes on in the abortion clinics. It's horrible. Horrible. Just absolutely horrible. And how anyone could do that. But thank the Lord, the court made the right decision. Now, you're going to hear all kinds of things. And we need to continue to pray for our country because a tremendous amount of division and hatred and violence and vandalism. Did you notice? Did you notice? It's not the believers in the Lord, those who are truly serving the Lord, that are out there doing those things. Now there may be some who are uh, Christian, but they, they're blinded by their own opinion, blinded by their own unwillingness. But we as Christians are to pray for them. As Christians, we're to stand up for what is right, and we're to be involved in sharing God's love with the lost and dying humanity. These multitudes of lost people are God's field of harvest. That's the mission. That's the mission. Not to just take the gospel message to people who are nice. Yeah, I had a, I have a, a, a cousin who was, um, you know, part of a motorcycle gangs and you name it, all kinds of stuff. Okay, rough and rugged, and you know, he worked on the the pipeline up in Alaska long, long ago. But my my prayer for him was that he would come to know the Lord as his Savior. And he's the one that I helped move from, from Tennessee. You know, we moved from Tennessee. We drove all, of, all the way across the country to Arizona. And so when I was getting ready to leave, he asked me, he said, he said, what is that church that you belong to? You see, the door had been opened. And now, when I speak to him on the phone, and I, I'll pray with him, and then he'll say, well, God bless you. <laughs> you see, we're to take the message of the gospel to everyone. Laborers are still needed. 
willingness. Now over in the book of Isaiah, when Isaiah the prophet is called to the ministry of, of prophecy, he sees this vision of the Lord high and lifted up. And the Lord speaks. The Lord speaks and he says, who will go for us? And Isaiah speaks up and he says, I'll go. Send me. I'll go. And scholars like to contrast Isaiah's willingness to go with Moses' unwillingness. Right? When Moses was called at the burning bush, when the Lord spoke to him, he said, well, now, you know, I've never been good at speaking. Now, I've heard some of you say that. Right? You go, well, I, you know, I, I'm not very good at speaking. That's what Moses, that was, that's what his excuse was. I, I can't do that. I, I, I can't do that. And why not? Well, I'm liable to make a fool out of myself. Well, wait a minute. And you recall, he told Moses to put his hand in, inside of his, uh, his, uh, his, 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 his coat there. And then when he pulled it out, it was leprous. And he put it back in, pulled it back out, it was back again, just like this. And the Lord said, well, what he was saying to Moses was, I am with you, and I will empower you. But you know, Moses kept complaining. <laughs> so much so that God then, right, blessed his brother Aaron, and Aaron became the, the spokesperson. Moses would speak to Aaron, and Aaron would speak to the people. But Isaiah said, I'll go, send me. So here's the question. Are you willing to be a laborer in God's field? We must begin with prayer. We have to be empowered by God the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the disciples, he said, wait for me here, or wait here in Jerusalem, until you be endued with power from on high. That is, until you be filled and empowered by God the Holy Spirit, who will enable you to go and preach the gospel, the gospel of love, the gospel of forgiveness, the gospel of eternal life. The gospel of hope. Not like these religious leaders who are worried about their reputation and their position. Not like the Pharisee who said, well, I'm glad you didn't make me like, like the other men and like this, this tax collector over here. No. You're to go with hearts of compassion. Hearts of compassion. Jesus. Jesus invites us to be laborers in his harvest. Amen? Notice it's the Lord's harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. Now, from time to time, we refer to the church as our church. And in one sense, it is we're members of a particular church that but never make the mistake of forgetting that it is the Lord's church. The Lord is the king and the head of the church. And we are his servants. 
in serving. We serve as laborers in God's field of harvest. We can say, look, out on this community here where the church is located, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Let's stand, please. And this invitation is an opportunity for you to follow the Lord, to accept Him as Savior if you haven't done that, to make a commitment to follow the Lord in believers' baptism if you haven't done that, or to officially join this church if you haven't already done that. And you do that by walking down that aisle. As we sing, you come. It is the Lord's invitation to you. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.